Hi everybody. Today we live different from the way that we came in in Jesus name. God is here. Uh, nah, I don't know. I think uh, the Lord is leading us. He's guiding us. Praise the Lord. I have a word from the Lord today that I feel is kind of instructional. And I wanted to share this because um, I think, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, you really need the grace of God to do what I do because um, we're in very uh, complicated times. And uh, when we're in complicated times, challenging times, uh, it's uh, you, we really need to be guided by the Holy Spirit to lead properly um, because uh, uh, you can drive this pl- spirit this agitation that the things we're going through as a nation in, in many different ways and uh, i'm grateful to the lord i feel he has given us some direction today and we're going to hit those things in jesus name uh, one of the things we have to understand that when times are challenging it is that time in particularly more than any other time uh, where it's paramount that we guard our hearts okay and uh, I feel that's what the Lord is, is sharing with us today. We all need to guard our hearts. I think Jesse preached last Sunday about salt. Was that, am I right? Okay. Um, and I'll maybe just, I, I, don't, I didn't hear the message. I read the message. So I'm feeling this might tie in with that. Um, so if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We just flow with whatever the Lord has for us. I would like us to go please to Numbers chapter 14 and verse number 6. Numbers chapter 14 and verse number 6. This is the story of uh, what happened after the 12 spies went into the promised land to spy the land and then they came back to the rest of Israel and gave them the report. Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh who were among those who had explored the land tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Hallelujah. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. If the Lord is pleased with 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 us. Amen. Now, we're, we're, it's, it's saturating a little bit now. If the Lord is pleased with us. Um, you know, there's two things about this that I think I wanted us to really take home. And I really feel the Lord impressed this uh, upon me. Uh, the first thing is, is that if this verse, is what, if what the Joshua is suggesting is true here, that means we don't need to be praying so much for the land. We need to be working on our own hearts. Because he said, he did not say, let's pray for the land. He did not say, let's pray for the giants. He says, if the Lord is pleased with us, prayer meeting is canceled. (laughs) We pray, prayer is for something else completely entirely different. I mean, we pray, we pray, pray unusual. But if the Lord is pleased with us, that means even our prayer time is more to work on us than to work on it. 
because if the Lord is, see the, the arrow points from our hearts to the land it does not point from the land to us and if the arrow is pointing from the land to us then what we're experiencing in the land will only increase and multiply we will never get beyond what is already there but if the land is the arrow is pointed from our hearts to the land and whatever is in our hearts will overflow and that will become the, the the reality we walk in in the land amen praise the lord he said if the lord is pleased with us hallelujah he will give us this land the good land the land flowing with milk and honey the land is subject praise the lord if you remember the story abraham and god they were talking about sodom and gomorrah and 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 the lord said should i hide from my friend what i'm about to do and abraham starts to intercede on behalf of the land he said can i just trouble you uh, just one question if there are 45 people who are righteous in the land will you spare the land and the lord said for the sake of 45 I will spare the land. If, if I could impose just a little bit more, how about for 30 righteous? Oh, for 30? I will spare the land for 30. One more request, please. If there are only 10 righteous people in the land, will you spare the land because of the 10 righteous? And God said, for the sake of 10 people who are righteous in the land, I will spare the land. Ooh, hallelujah. Which means that what we really need to be focusing on is not what the Biden policy is drafting. What we really need to be focused on is not what the North is saying or what the South is saying or what the par par Parliament legis legislation is passing. What we really need to be focusing on is what, where is the righteous? What is the condition of the righteous? Do we have any righteous? Because if there are righteous, God has a promise and a business to do with that righteous. Hallelujah. If there are some righteous, God will see the righteous and put his hand on the land. If there are some righteous, the sword will be spared. Bloodshed will come to an end. Are you following what I'm saying? If there are righteous in the land. Hallelujah. So, so we, again, I repeat, we don't need to work so much on the land. We need to work on our hearts. Because Joshua and Caleb said it wasn't even ten of them. Just two of them. It says, if the Lord is pleased with us. Whew. Secondly, the second thing we take from this passage, and I thought it was so powerful. Uh, there was 10, 12 spies that went and saw the land. Okay? 12 of them came back. 10 of them brought a negative report. One translation says an evil report. Two brought a proper report. Okay? And it's funny. Uh, in the case of all 12 spies, all right? All 12 of them received exactly what they had in their hearts. The 10 spies perished in the wilderness because they were too afraid of the spies, just like they had had in their heart. They were afraid of the giants. They perished in the wilderness without possessing what God had promised. Two of them had a very different spirit. They said, God is with us if he is pleased with us. And those two possessed the promised land, possessed everything that God had, had, had said, all, it all started in, in the heart. It did not start with the government. It did not start with the Economic Commission for Africa. It did not start with the UN Security Council. It started in their own heart. Hallelujah. And they got exactly no more, no less than what they had in their heart. If the Lord is pleased. In fact, the Bible says, speaking of Joshua, not one of God's good promises 
that he made to Israel failed to come to pass. Amen. You know, one of our problems as Pente, and especially let me speak my people, in this country, Pente, our problem is we know how to start. Abit, we know how to start. All right? But we, we're, we're a mess when it comes to finishing. But God never starts something without the intention of finishing. In fact, God says that the latter will be greater than the former. When God, God goes from glory to glory and finishes with a big bang. Are you following what I'm saying? And, and, and it all comes down to not the ability of God to bring us in. It comes down to if God is pleased with us. What is the condition of our heart? What is going on in there? Hallelujah. So today, if you would allow me with the cooperation of the Holy Spirit, we're going to do just a little adjustment on our heart today. I think this is a time where very crucial, very sensitive. We need to have that right spirit. Whatever was working for Joshua and Caleb, it needs to be found in us today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have prayer unusual. Now we have service unusual. This is not service usual. This is service unusual. Because we have to have hearts unusual. Faith unusual to possess unusual. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me start by saying, and I know we know this, but it's important to reiterate the things sometimes just so we're all clear. As the people of God and as the people, particularly of this house and this church, it is important to realize and remember that our primary allegiance is to God and his kingdom above all. That kingdom is above every ethnicity. That kingdom is above every tribalism. That kingdom is above every political ideology. We are first and foremost gods. We move at his command, not at the earthly command. We are born into this world. And then when we take on that natural birth, we take on a tribe, a color, a language, a people. But then when we get born again, we are ejected, just like we used to have VCRs. I don't know if you remember this. And then you press the eject button and you, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You just eject and the VCR comes out and you take, we have been ejected from this life. And we have been graduated into the heavenly kingdom, citizens of heaven, with a new father, with a new bloodline, with a new family. So, so that is a, the kingdom that takes precedence over every other kingdom. We are kingdom citizens first. We are born again, born of the Father, born of spirit. All right. So that allegiance should take the place of every earthly genealogy, heritage, family, safar, kabale, upbringing, school, family, uncle, auntie, color, race, ethnicity. His kingdom is above all. I would need an amen just for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. But, you know, it's interesting, like, especially, you know, times like this, where we're in as a nation, this is, these are times when those very ethnicity loyalties are tested. Yeah? Because, you know, these are situations that flare up our histories and then those histories place us in either this camp or that camp. Us or them, you know? And, and uh, if we are not careful, uh, things can really become heated and we can find our, ourselves caught up in some place, somewhere, saying things, doing things that really is not true to our kingdom identity. 
And I think this is just a word of encouragement and rebuke and binding that devil who has cheated us out of our kingdom privilege and kingdom citizenship. If we stoop down to our earthly nature, we will die with that earthly nature. And we won't bring any change to that earthly nature. If we graduate and eject to our spiritual nature, who hallelujah, then we live as the spiritual nature and we will even possess the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the heart must be guarded in times like this. Hallelujah. Now when Jesus came, whoo, thank you Lord. When Jesus came to the earth, Jesus was very popular. Um, I mean, if you, if, you know, I was studying and we went to Israel uh, before, you can kind of get an idea of how far things are. You know, and when you read the Bible, it says people went from the Galilee all the way, to, or from Jerusalem all the way to the Galilee, all the way to the Jordan, just to see Jesus. You kind of have a little bit of a visual picture, even if you look at the maps. They didn't have cars or ride or ferris. Come on, somebody. Eh? Back then, they had number 11 bus or number 4 bus, eh? the donkey. Eh? It took forever for them to go from anywhere to anywhere. But because Jesus was way out there in the wilderness, people would get up and go wherever he was. They would follow him for three days with no food. Jesus was amazing. And everybody followed him. Why? For two reasons. Number one, because of the miracles. People brought the sick. People brought the lame. People asked just to be touched by him. And, and, and he would heal them. Power was coming out of him. Okay? So he was popular because of the healing power. But Jesus was also popular because he was... Uh, uh, he was the Messiah, but at that time, uh, they were not sure if he really was the Messiah or not. It was like debatable. Because if he was doing these miracles, no one could do these miracles unless he was Messiah. But they were conflicted because a Messiah could not come from Nazareth. He had to be born in Bethlehem. But he was born in Bethlehem, they just didn't know it. All right. So they were all conflicted. Is he Messiah? Is he not Messiah? Now you have to understand this about Judaism to this day, but especially Judaism at that time. The Jewish faith, it's built on two pillars. Number one is the Exodus story of the past. Okay? That when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt and God raised up a Moses who delivered them from Egypt and brought them out with mighty hand. Okay? That's the, the first pillar. The second pillar, the, the first pillar is the, the first exodus. The second pillar is the second exodus. The second exodus is that it says that just like God raised up a Moses to deliver us from our oppressors, that God would also in like manner someday raise up another Moses who would also deliver us from our oppressors. So they were always vacillating between these two eh, exoduses, these two Moses. And the language of the first century is Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming, Messiah. In fact, there were many other Messiahs that came before Jesus and around the time of Jesus. But none of them were as superstarish as Jesus. Okay? They thought John was the Messiah, but he didn't have no miracles. Jesus came and just lit up the place. Everyone says, that's the Messiah. Okay? Now, this was further accentuated by the fact that the, at that time, uh, the Jewish people... The Jewish nation was, was colonized by Rome, by the Roman Empire. So it was an easy connection point from the exodus of Egypt 
to the exodus that we need now. That just as God delivered us from the bondage of Egypt, that God would also deliver us from the bondage of the new Egypt, which is Rome. Caesar and Pharaoh are twins. Eh? Egypt and Rome are twins. Moses and... Could he be... You think, you, th you, understand, you understand the anticipation. So everybody was expecting, expecting. Crowds followed him because they were seeing deliverance from Rome. Rome is Egypt. Caesar is Pharaoh. They are our enemy. God is with us. God will deliver us from this evil. Just like Pharaoh was drowned in the sea with hallelujah. Do you think? He, I think he is hallelujah. Let's follow him. We follow him carrying signs. All right, everyone's following Jesus. And then one day, I mean, crowds, you know, there's two crowds divine, miracles and political liberty. Moses has come and he's our great deliverer. So everyone's following him with great excitement. Okay, then one day, Jesus gets some messengers who come and ask him and they said, uh, uh, they were sent by a Roman, a Roman centurion. And the Roman centurion said, my servant is sick. Please come and put your hand on him. And Jesus said, I will go. And while he was going, the Roman centurion sent messengers and said, Lord, I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell that one come and he comes. So I'm a man under authority. I know how this works. Just say the word. And I know that my servant will be healed. Now, Jesus is walking this way. Okay? The crowd is following him. Jesus, one, two, three. Jesus, one, two, three. And, and Jesus stops the program, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 10. He turns around to all those following. It says he turns to all those who were following him. And he said to all of them, I have not found such great faith. Even in all of Israel. Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. I mean, you can understand what the big disappointment this was. Because this is not just any soldier. This is a Roman soldier. He's representative of Caesar. He is Pharaoh. Pharaoh's representative. He is our arch enemy. He's the one that you're supposed to be taking out for us. And now you're saying about our arch enemy, I have not found such faith in all of us? Question. Jesus, could I talk with you for a minute? Right now, really quick. Do you understand the impact of that statement? If you don't know the history, if you don't know the background, this is just another person who needs a miracle. This is not just another person who needs a miracle. This is the most insulting thing you could ever say. Because, see, God is not, <laughs> God does not judge like we judge. He's on a different plane. He doesn't see things and calculate things the way we see it. He operates on a completely different, he's not earthly, he's spiritual, he's not carnal. He he operates by faith. He sees and judges things completely different. And if we are not careful, we can find ourselves caught up as spiritual people, caught in an earthly argument that God never called us or anointed us to be part of. Because we are born again of a spirit. We are fighting another warfare. We are fighting a warfare for God and his kingdom to come. 
and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You thought God was, not on, was on your side. I have news for you. He's not on your side. He is on His own side. This is why... Amen. Amen. This is why... This is why... You know, when... when, when, when uh, you know, uh, when Ananias... God came to Ananias in Acts chapter 9 and said, Ananias... Go to the street called Straight, and you will meet a man there. His name is Paul, and, 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 uh, or Saul, so, sorry. His name is Saul. And Ananias says, Lord, you made a mistake with this one. We know Saul. Everybody knows Saul. In fact, Saul is on her, his way here to really arrest all of us and take us all the way back to Jerusalem to stand trial. We are hiding in fear from this very man. And you tell me to go have a meeting with him. Jesus, one of two things. I, either you're drinking something that is not allowed to be drunk. <laughs> or you have sent this message to the wrong address. But you cannot tell me to go to my enemy. And God said to him, this is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. What? My greatest enemy to carry? How God sees is not how you see. He pulls blessing out of your greatest enemy. He pulls the glory out of the place that you have been avoiding. So unless we allow God to work on our hearts today, we could end up being in a, a spiritual people caught in a carnal warfare. Where our hearts he's not pleased with anymore. Because our hearts have been massaged and worked on this presenting. Staying on the social media too much. Listening to the suffering too much. Waiting to see who shot what and who did what, who fired what. Brothers and sisters, we have been born again of a spiritual kingdom. We don't judge like the world judges. We don't see things the way the world sees them. We have been born again to see things with the eyes and the lens of God. Hallelujah. That means we can look for the blessing in the place where we are traditionally supposed to be Roman soldiers, sent to, 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 to bring us under captivity. God will send a blessing there. God will send a blessing anywhere. God loves everybody. God, God desires His greatest blessing for everybody. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, one thing that we need to understand is that this, this heart, it does not come to us naturally or by default. We're not born this way. This comes from God. This means we need to allow God to, to work on us to the point that we can have this kind of heart toward everybody. It does not come naturally. And, and the problem with many of us is that even because we have not allowed Him to deal with us, we bring that tribalistic spirit to the house of God. That's not the spirit of God. That's your spirit, but that's not God's spirit. Don't call your spirit God's spirit. Alright? This has messed up the house of God for too much. And as I see it, we cannot even be strong and try to overcome this in, in ourselves. Uh, this is something that is a work of God's Spirit. It's something that we have to allow Him to do. Now, now it was said of Joshua and Caleb that uh, they had a different spirit. Hmm. A different spirit. Hmm. Um, the question then is, how did Joshua have this different spirit? Where does it come from? The Jeremiah tells us that the heart is wicked above all things. Who can understand it? 
not the enemy's heart, you know, not your boss's heart, the heart, my heart, <laughs> your heart is wicked above all things. The heart is a mess waiting to happen. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that each one of us has gone our own way and the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. All of us have these wicked tendencies. All of us are bent toward self, self gratification, flesh, bitterness, revenge, anger, lust, pride, jealousy, envy. This is, you know, that's, that's, that's who we are. Praise God. Um, so, that heart that Caleb and Joshua had, something had had to happen to allow God to make the adjustments for them to have that, 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 that attitude that says that God is pleased with us. And, and this is something I found in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse, verse 11. It says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I think I got something. But his young aide, Joshua son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Aha. So, so let's do that. Can we do some spiritual mathematics now? So, only two people possessed the promised land, right? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb possessed the promised land because they had a different heart. Eh? They said, if God is pleased with us, he will give us this land. But now we see that that unusual heart did not just come from self-will, self-determination. Uh, come on, man it up, woman it up, be, be strong, you can do this can-do attitude, positive thinking, eh? positive minds. If you just set your mind to it, you can do it. No, you can set your mind to it for three hours, the fourth hours, you're, you're in a mess. <laughs> You've had that happen. You just get up in prayer in the morning. I'm going to do this for you, God. Hallelujah. You go out in traffic, start driving, and then the, the, the minibus drivers cut you off, and all your positive mindset went down. We used to have soccer soccer games uh, after church, Sunday afternoon, every Sunday. The Spirit of God is here. We're blessing God that we go out on the soccer field, and everybody lose their salvation. We have to stop playing, actually. We have to stop. Who's getting that bad? Because the heart of man, and then we all have to repent afterwards. I'm sorry, God, but he kicked me. He kicked me first. And then we start making sides because God is obviously on my side. Because I was just playing and he kicked me, so I just had to defend myself. The heart of man. And so we had to figure out, now how do we fix this? The answer is we don't fix this. <laughs> it's impossible to fix this. If you, I suppose it is possible to discipline yourself to the point that you behave perfect all the time. But that was never the point. God was not pleased with your discipline. God was pleased with Jesus. And He allowed the Spirit of Jesus to come on us and put in us a heart. Take out the heart of flesh. Uh, stone and put in the heart of flesh. This is a work of the Spirit. When Joshua refused to leave the tent of meeting, 
what happens is, is more of the stuff. See, the tent of meeting was where God dwelt. It's the dwelling place of God. Other translations call it the, the, the tent of the presence. For Joshua, he just stayed there. And when he stays in the presence, what happens? Things start to change. You start to have faith when everybody has fear. You start to get a different personality, a different outlook, a different perspective on everything. When you stay in the presence of God, you start to have excitement that is unexplainable, joy unspeakable, hell for everything, positivity and everything. That if God is with us, and if God is pleased with us, we can take that, we can do anything. It does not come from himself, it comes from the presence of God. It comes from God dripping his oil on you and just changing you into a different... When the Spirit of God came upon King Saul, the Bible says he was changed into a different person. Hallelujah. How we need his spirit. How we need his spirit to do a, a work of surgery on, on, on us. Joshua refused to leave the presence of God. The tent of the presence. And, and God put something in him that was not available to everybody. See, not everybody went into the tent of meeting. But somebody went into the tent of meeting. And the one who went into the tent of meeting and stayed there is the one. You know, I was saying, saying this with prayer usual. You know, uh, the presence of God, it takes time. Hmm? Time in his presence. Starts to, and we were using the example. Have you ever put your hands in the water for a long time? Or if you've ever gone swimming for a long time and you come up and your hands have aged by 70 years? Yeah. No? They just look, they get old, like, uh, like old people, they get, because they've been in the water for so long, eh? it starts to change. The makeup starts to change. It starts to change into a different hand. Now, if you just take your hand and dip it in the water, it'll get cold maybe, but it won't change. The same hand, but when you keep it there, and keep it there, and keep it there, soon the stuff of the water starts to work on the hand. Come on, somebody. And, and the hand becomes more water-like. Whatever it's called, I don't know. If you don't believe me, you can experiment with this when you go home. Just, just try it. And it becomes so, so uh, soft and so numb, numb. You know what I'm talking about. The presence of God is the same way. If you just dip one time, you say, oh, that was nice. Oh, great service. Great program. Great job, uh, band. Musei. Great job, everybody did a great job today. You enjoyed the program, but you were not changed. When you stay in the presence of God. Hallelujah. His nature gets on you. His spirit gets on you. And, and, and it's evidence, largely, the, I believe the biggest blessing of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives is that our transformational blessing. I was teaching this at NCC last, last, last week. It, it, it's the miracles and signs and wonders is good. But, but like my testimony is that in His presence, things... Me is, is changing. Things get lighter. Burdens get lifted. Things start to look more like water. Feel like more like water. Amen. When when uh, when when the city uh, where we have our project in Lagang, when the soldiers came and took over, uh, Tesfa called me and said, oh, uh, "The town has been taken over, and and we 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 don't know what's going on. We're all in hiding." And we have, like, there's 200 kids in the, in the program. Is everybody okay? I don't know. 
We're all hiding. There's gunshots. There's fighting. There's shouting. We don't know. Just pray. But he said, okay, we'll pray. I'm going to call you this afternoon. No, you can't call this afternoon. The power is cut. My phone is about to die. I'm just calling you with my last drops of battery life. Goodbye, click. We used to do this with phones. We used to sit on Let me fix that. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, I hung up the phone and, and my mind is really troubled. My heart gets heavy. I, I mean, there is no further information. I don't know if they're alive or dead, okay or, or not. And then we came to prayer unusual that day. It's a good thing I got that call the same day we had prayer unusual. But when I went to prayer unusual, my heart is heavy, my mind is messed up, but you just go through it because you have to go through it. And it's good to have people there because you know you, you don't do this by yourself. We start to praise God. Praise you, God. You are good. It's like the water, nothing yet, but you keep it there. Praise you, Father God. You are worthy of the praise. Thank you for everything, Father. I remember I talked something about disproportionate Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay, I don't feel like it. Today, I have more questions than answers today. God, we really need some breakthrough today, but regardless, you are worthy. Regardless, it's a sacrifice today. Thanksgiving, because we still have Jesus. Even if we lose the whole town, everybody goes to heaven early, we still have Jesus. It's a, you know, you try to find the things, and then we just start praising, and then, you know, we have some people in that room that, that really help to encourage you to stay in the spirit. Could call some names today, but for the safety and the protection of the identity, we will remain. We just praise, we just go for it. Hallelujah. You are worthy anyway. And slowly, the, the, the pruning of the hand begins. Slowly, you know, the hand starts to turn into soft. You know, like, you know, you, everyone has a fingerprint. When your hands are in the water, not then they turn into big fingerprints. You know, big divots and big bumps. And then, all of a sudden, we shift gears. We experience, you know, like how astronauts blast into space and break through the stratosphere. And then all of a sudden, what was weighing them down is not weighing them down anymore. Have you seen that in space? They just kind of want to go there, they fly. It's called levitation. Come on, somebody. <laughs> levitation. You spit water over here. You run over here. And you catch it. Because you're in a different space. Gravity doesn't work here. Welcome to life beyond the stratosphere. All of a sudden, the information didn't change. I still don't know what's going on, but the peace of God, which transcends understanding, it comes and fills my heart. The burden is lifted, and I just knew that everything was okay. Who told you? Nobody. How did you know? I don't know, no, no information. Did they call? No one can call. We did not hear from them for 10 days. 10 days. I went home that night and slept like a baby. The next night I slept like a baby. How do you know? Just the, the, the information that comes from this place is so blessed. 
It's so amazing and it's so free. Hallelujah. 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 And, and, and see, if we did not have access to that Spirit of God, the heart would naturally gravitate to gravity. <laughs> the things that pull it down will pull it down. Brothers and sisters, when we were born again, we were born to live above gravity. We were born again to levitate. We were born to take the information from the Spirit of God and operate according to the point that we say, if God is pleased with us, if there is one righteous in the land, hallelujah. So when I say God is looking, Ezekiel says, I look for a man among them who would stand in the gap on behalf of the land and build the bridge so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. That's what God said. But I found none. So when we read that first, particularly to the eyes of the Old Testament, it's a bit concerning. Because, well, that means I better get righteous. I better start doing my spiritual push-ups. I better start, you know, impressing God by my church attendance because I have to be righteous. And when the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags, that means all of us are a mess. You never get the righteousness to the level that God was saying, that's what I was waiting for. Just one more church attendance, no, you do No. This righteousness does not exist in the human, human, human nature. It's not part of us. But it does come from the Spirit of God. It does, it's imparted to us by, by, by God. And this is the thing. Joshua stayed at the tent of meeting. This was an old covenant tent of meeting. He did not have access. He just stayed near. But with Christ Jesus as new covenant believers, the veil is torn. Which means that we don't have to stay on the outside just wondering what it's like in there. We have the access now to go all the way inside. Hallelujah. So that He is in me and I am in Him. Hallelujah. Some of you are not saying amen. In His presence is the fullness of joy. And at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. In His presence there is the peace that passes understanding. In His presence is everything that God is requiring of us is fulfilled in Jesus and is imparted to us. Hallelujah. So my challenge to all of us today is not getting right so that God will bless us. It's just getting the presence of God. Just let His presence do the work on you. Hallelujah. And, and Joshua, what started in the presence of God, it finished with him possessing everything that God had said. And other people spent their prep, the time in the presence of the giants. But one person in the midst of the giants found that place called the presence of God, the tent of the presence, the tent of meeting. He met with God and because he was in that place, God, in fact, when he was speaking about the deliverance that God brought, God told him, do not think it was by your own sword that I brought you victory. He said, I sent the hornet ahead of you. So you were fighting, but the fighting was not, it was not your sword that brought the victory. God was sending a hornet. I don't even know what that is, but we need one right about now. God went out with the man who stayed in his presence. God brought deliverance with the man who stayed in his presence. So today, the assignment and the encouragement for church today is to, to do as Joshua did. Because if he is pleased with us, he will give us this land. Woe be unto us if we start getting tribal as believers. Being a mix of part tribe and part kingdom. That's what the children of Israel did. That was their big mistake. They, didn't, they could not even conceive a Roman centurion having more faith than... <coughs> Okay, some of us need this word today more than others. Hallelujah. 
praise the Lord. Yeah. So let's just make time for Him, make room for Him. Let, 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 let our hands get pruned in His presence. Uh, let our hearts get treatment, hallelujah, from the Master. The heart is wicked above all things. Who can understand Him? Who can know Him? Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We did not come here to get behavioral tactics and lessons on how to improve so you can be a better person someday. This is a, the, the veil was not torn for us to do numbers on behavioral management and anger management and adjustment. The veil was torn so that we could go in. I said this before and this word bears repeating. The Old Testament was all about right and wrong. The New Testament, because of what Christ has done, it is no, no, no longer about right and wrong. It's about in or out. Hallelujah. And the veil is open. That's the message of the New Testament. Hallelujah. Now it's time for the Church to go in. So that when you go back to your family and they start talking like they talk, you know what I'm talking about. You just don't have anything to say. They start saying, what's wrong with you? Did you not see the news? Did you not hear what they did? He said, I, I, I don't know. All I know is that I've been inside somewhere and it's been such a blessing that I feel so changed and transformed. Let's pray for the opposition right now. Let's pray for new people are getting riled up about who's doing what, where even international players, people concerned everywhere, people taking positions, taking sides. The true kingdom person has no side but the side of God. That's how crazy it can be. Because God will find the faith in the Roman centurion. God will find the faith in your adverse enemy. God will find the blessing of God in the one you said, I will never see them again. Those people are like that. We are like this. It's a new day, church. It's a new day. So I don't know, to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen this week. Every week is something different. Every Sunday I stand up here at the church looks different based on whatever CNN said. Every week. So I cannot prophesy and say, this week will be, I have no idea, I don't know, just whatever it is coming. I don't know what's happening in the land, but I do know what's happening in my heart. This heart will be baptized in the presence of God this week. This heart will go to the place where God is and get the oil dripping on them and get that new perspective, that freedom, that peace that passes understanding. Praise the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit like the air we breathe. Don't try, you know, you know they give warning uh, with toys that are dangerous. You no know, warning. Do not uh, try this at home. They're like on YouTube, some, you know, they do those experiment things and whatever. They have warnings. Warning, you know, this is dangerous. Do not do this at home. Because, you know, and it's funny, I would venture to say, do not do this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Warning. <laughs> Warning. Eh? Do not leave this kingdom life to your own mental calculation. No, 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 no. Your, the mind of man is dead. No, this is an enemy to the things of God. Even, even the saved person with the mind, you know, it is not, the mind is the thing we're working against. Complete, not on your own understanding. Our understanding is good only when it's submitted to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord.